what does it mean for there to be specified complexity in the universe? So there's this notion of things uh, exhibiting specified complexity, uh, which is something that Dawkins worries about because he sees uh, things having this quality as something that needs to be explained. Uh, and uh, let me give you uh, a kind of concrete example uh, of what he means by this. Uh, so Dawkins talks uh, about um, if you had uh, one of those old-fashioned clockwork watches and you took it all apart so you just have a, a bunch of watch parts and put those parts in a box and give it a shake um, you've got uh, one possible arrangement of all of those watch parts um, shake the box again you'll get a different arrangement now there's obviously a huge number of possible arrangements of those bits of watch um, so any individual arrangement of those parts is very unlikely or complex. It basically means the, the same thing. But Dawkins points out that, that obviously only a very few or even you know, one arrangement of those watch bits is a working watch. It will function to tell the time. So he says one unlikely complex arrangement of those parts is specified in the direction of functioning to tell the time. Uh, so there's this idea of, of hitting uh, an independently knowable pattern or function at very long odds. And it's this combination of uh, independent pattern and unlikeliness, uh, which means something exhibits specified complexity. It's not just the complexity of Oh, well, it's one of a lot of arrangements. Um, it's the fact that the, the unlikely arrangement of bits that you have also hits this pattern, uh, which means that we have to uh, explain that in a special way um, that we can avoid in all of the other cases. You can just say, oh, well, it's just one random arrangement of all those bits of watch. But when you see a watch... You can't really get away with saying, oh, well, it's just a random arrangement of all those bits of watch. What is causing many atheists and agnostics to doubt Darwinism? So I think it is true to say that there's a growing number of, of atheist and agnostic thinkers who are expressing scepticism about the sort of Darwinian, neo-Darwinian picture of things. Uh, and I think that's due to growth of scientific knowledge about just how specifically complex uh, life and the universe uh, are. Um, that uh, the notion that we could explain, say, um, the origin of life, of some sort of organism capable of undergoing a process of evolution by natural selection. You first of all have to have something that reproduces, passes on information in, in slightly different ways and so on. How do you get that life to begin with? Um, the idea that you can give some sort of reductive explanation of life it, just in terms of uh, the natural forces inherent within the material world. Uh, now, in light of our knowledge about what life is... 
uh, seems to be rather like trying to explain a novel uh, by reference to um, the laws of how ink sticks to paper. Um, You need to know those laws to understand and explain the the novel in your hands, but it's it's just not enough. Uh, Obviously, you need to bring in something else. Um, Now, I would say, actually, that something else pretty obviously from experience, is intelligence. Uh, intelligence produces this information or this, this specified complexity of the, the writing in a novel. And life has been shown by modern knowledge to contain information uh, in the, the arrangement of the amino acids in, in DNA, uh, for example. Uh, how, can you really explain that information, that specified complexity, just in terms of, of law and chance, or that seems increasingly implausible. The more we realise that there's this high level of specified complexity within life. What is a multiverse, and why does Dawkins use it to defend his case? So we were just talking about the the specified complexity within life, per se. Um, But there's also a a specified complexity that scientists have noticed within the the general structure of a a physical universe that is capable of having life exist in it. To have a universe where you you even have uh, matter coalescing out of the the Big Bang origin of the universe, say... Um, It's true to say that we've discovered that not just any universe will do, as it were. Um, It is uh, fine-tuned, scientists will will talk about. There are a number of basic laws of nature, basic constants of the universe, um, that have to be set just right and work together in order to have uh, a universe where you can have matter and stable carbon atoms and planets you could have life on and, and all of this. Uh, so there's a sort of specified complexity in the, in the general structure of the physical universe. And to kind of try to explain this away, Dawkins appeals to this notion of the, of the multiverse, which is the, the idea that there are, uh, this is not the only universe that there is, that there are other separate universes, as it were, and maybe those other universes have different sets of laws, different physical parameters. Um, and maybe there's enough of those different universes such that, by luck, it wouldn't be surprising that one of them would just happen to have the, the specified complexity that's necessary uh, for life. Um, it's a bit like uh, giving yourself uh, lots more rolls of the dice in order to make the result that you want more likely than it would be, obviously, if you just get one roll of the dice. Um, that's the, the basic idea. What are the problems with Dawkins' explanation for improbable complexity? So there are a number of issues and problems with uh, this appeal that Richard Dawkins makes to the multiverse say, to explain the specified complexity of the the general physical universe that we we live in. Um, It's a kind of um, if 
then argument. So, you know, if there were the, all these other universes with different laws, then by chance it wouldn't be uh, surprising or unlikely that our specific set of laws would exist. So although it, it seems like our universe has a specified complexity, he would, he would say if there are all these other universes, then maybe it's the case that although our universe is specific, it's not actually complex, it's not actually unlikely that there would be such a universe because there are all these other opportunities. Uh, but it's not enough in the face of the uh, specified complexity of nature to say, well, if this theory were true, then I wouldn't have anything that I need to explain. Obviously, to actually explain the data that we have, he needs to say that there are these other universes. And that's not something that we actually have any evidence for thinking is true. Um, so it, it's not enough to just sort of tell her, well, maybe this was, is the case, to kind of uh, get out of the problem. Uh, and he doesn't have any uh, evidence to present to say that that hypothetical scenario um, is true. Uh, that's one of several major problems with the issue there. How does Dawkins fail to refute the evidence for design? So Richard Dawkins has a, a number of attempts to sort of avoid this uh, issue of the apparent need to appeal to design to explain the specified complexity of the fine-tuning of the universe or of, of life itself and so on. Um, and one argument that he gives is to say, um, look, when you're trying to explain anything, uh, it makes no sense to explain it by referring to something that's even more uh, complex and unlikely than the thing you're trying to explain. We should, that's a sort of rule of explanation. And then he assumes that uh, a god... Uh, would be more unlikely and complex than the universe that you're invoking him to explain. And so uh, that sort of design inference falls afoul of this rule that he gives uh, against explaining anything in terms of something more complicated. Well, I think that rule itself is just obviously false. Um, so uh, think of looking at a, a, a painting uh, by a, an artist like Vincent van Gogh. And, and think, um, do we make an advance in explaining the painting um, if we refer to the artist who painted it? Uh, does that uh, uh, explain why this painting uh, exists, why it's in the style that it is, and so on? And I think the answer to that is, well, yeah, obviously, that is an explanatory advance. If you didn't know that paintings are produced by artists or that paintings like this, in this style, were invented by Van Gogh, uh, then you would understand the painting less than you do when you know about Van Gogh. But obviously Van Gogh is much more complicated and unlikely than the painting. So this, this rule that Dawkins uh, uses to try and escape the design explanation is itself just uh, an obviously silly rule. How does Dawkins fail to argue that God must be complex? So 
So another issue with Dawkins' attempt to sort of avoid the design argument from the specified complexity of, say, the fine-tuning of the universe or of the origin of life uh, would be that he just assumes that if there were a God, if God exists, he would be a complex thing. Uh, And as we've explained earlier, that's uh, equivalent to saying an unlikely thing. That is, Dawkins really assumes that if there was a god, he couldn't be uh, what uh, philosophers would call a necessary being, uh, a being that exists without the possibility of not existing. Uh, But that is the traditional theological uh, Christian concept of God. God isn't a being who just happens to exist, but could have not existed, or could stop existing one day. Uh, God just exists full stop, by his kind of very uh, nature, is to exist. Uh, it's possible for him to exist, but it's not possible for him to not exist. Uh, and so, actually, theologically, the concept of God is of a being um, that it makes no sense to think that God is complex, is unlikely. He's not one possible arrangement of a whole bunch of independently arrangeable physical bits like the bits of watch that go to make a, a watch up. Um, and so um, in, in saying, hey, if there was a god to explain the universe, he'd have to be much more complex than the universe, uh, and so he'd need explaining, and you, know, you haven't really explained anything and so on. He's just begging the question against the, uh, the possibility that, that if there was a god, he might be as Christians have traditionally conceived him to be, a, a necessary uh, being. And Dawkins has a, a, he says, well, look, I've got an argument to show that if there were a God, he'd have to be really complex. Because, uh, you know, uh, what's God meant to do? He's meant to kind of understand everything. He's meant to listen to everybody's prayers. You know, he's listening to your prayers at the same time as listening to your prayer. And, and that's really complicated isn't it, to do all those things. Um, but interestingly, in a conversation with the agnostic philosopher Anthony Kenny, Anthony Kenny points out that this is a really bad argument on Dawkins' point, and he gives this concrete illustration. He says, um, think of the difference between a, an electric razor and an a old-fashioned cutthroat razor. The electric razor is obviously much more complicated in its form and structure than the cutthroat razor, which is really simple. It's just a sharpened bit of metal. Um, But you can really only do very few things with an electric razor. Um, Basically, you can shave with it, or you could use it as a paperweight or something. Um, The cutthroat razor, although it has a much simpler form, and structure than the electric razor, you can use it for a lot more things, a lot more functions. Um, So the uh, cutthroat razor, you could use it as a letter opener, as well as for shaving or as a paperweight, uh, or for uh, you might be able to use the edge of it to undo screws with, or all sorts of things. So the fact that something... um, achieves lots of different functions or does lots of different things uh, doesn't prove in and of itself that it must be a, a, 
a complex, unlikely arrangement of things. So the fact that God can do loads of different things, as Dawkins argued, doesn't show that God must be a, a complex arrangement of things. Um, no, God is, in theological terms, a, a simple being. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, he's not a trinity, we can't do loads of things, or we can't distinguish not only is he omnipotent, but also he's omniscient, and so on. But as um, the Christian philosopher Richard Swinburne points out, um, God is the simplest kind of personal being that there can be. Um, because a personal being like you or me, we have a certain amount of power, a certain amount of knowledge, and so on. We can increase our knowledge. You can look at us and say, I wonder why they know this much, but not more. And that needs an explanation. Or I wonder how why human beings have this much power, but not more. I mean, there must be an explanation behind that. But when you look at God, um, if God by nature is just the greatest possible being, he has the, the greatest degree possible of power and knowledge and, and so on, um, once you know that about him, it doesn't make sense to say, and what's the explanation for why he has that much power rather than well, there isn't a more for him to have, as it were. So in, in that sense, God is the simplest possible personal being because he has maximal degrees of all the personal properties uh, that you can have. Um, and that's just, he has those by nature necessarily as the greatest possible being. Um, so God's not complex in the sense that Richard Dawkins needs to argue that he is, in order for him to say that he's not an explanatory advance upon just looking at the complexity of the universe and kind of shrugging your shoulders. 